All right. Welcome in, everyone, to another edition of Hustle with Us. We're back for another edition. You're back for another edition. Craig is back for another edition. Craig, how That's are we right. doing tonight? Man, always good. Always good here in Southern California. Sunny Southern California. Yeah, I'll bet three quarters of the country is real angry at you right now since we're getting <laughs> drenched on this side of the country. But hey, that's for another conversation. We just that's got off right. the line with a great basketball trainer here. He's Coach Reed Osi. He's the founder of Catalyst Training out there in Minnesota. Uh, before Catalyst Training, he was an I'm Possible certified trainer over in New York City, working with the likes of DJ Sackman and a few other folks that you've heard on this here podcast. Uh, before that, a college coach at several different colleges out there in the Midwest. I mean, this guy's got a bevy of experience to unload on you. Craig, what was your favorite part? Yeah, you're right, Tristan. He's got and a really strong background. I mean, he's done a lot of great things in this industry. You know, something that kind of stood out to me was just how humble he is. You know, he he's done a lot. He's been really successful. Um, but, you know, he says, look, things just kind of happened for him. You know what I mean? But, yep. you know, you know, there's that strong drive. There's that grit under there that got him where he is today. And I, I think that's just kind of like his personality and probably why he, you know, has the type of success that he has probably why so many different players like to train with him. Exactly. Yeah. He stays flexible. He's always ready and he's humble. Like you said, I mean, he probably got it just from working with his dad, you know, essentially since birth, he, his dad was a reputable high school coach out there in the Midwest. And he just probably inherited all that from him working at that level, whether it was as the water boy, as the assistant coach, eventually an assistant coach at different colleges, had that internal drive to start his own training agency and really took it to the next height. But, you know, we don't need to tell you any more of his story. Let's let him tell it to you. We're going to get to it right now. Before we do, make sure you folks are scrolling down. Uh, making sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Rate us five stars if we're so lucky. If it's a one star, maybe leave that one out. But, uh, you know, we all, we obviously want the honest feedback as well. But also, go follow all the Hustle platforms on social media. It's at Hustle with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Make sure you give us a like. Check out what we got going on up there. Always new content coming your way. Uh, we got some new content coming your way right here, right now, with Coach Reed Osi. Before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports Training app. If you're an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop your players with an effective training program, look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, here we go. All right, welcome in, everyone. We have with us on the line Coach Reed O.C. He comes to us from catalyst training out there in minnesota he founded that academy you can find him on social media at coach oc on instagram that's o-u-s-e and at reed oc on twitter again o-u-s-e coach how are we doing tonight i'm doing great thanks for having me on 
Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to join us here. I mean, you come with a pretty, uh, pretty storied past, I'd say. Your uh, father was a longtime high school coach, and look at you now. You got your own academy out there in Minnesota. Plenty of uh, pro clients to really speak to your name here. I mean, let me ask you from the start there. Did you really get that coaching itch from working with your dad as a kid and, and growing up? Yeah, you know, my dad became, uh, I think, the junior varsity coach when I was in third grade. And so it was something that, you know, at a, at a young age, I dove right into. Um, you know, I was his manager. I probably looked a little bit silly, uh, foolish on the sideline. I, my, my job was to make sure the water was cleaned up, and I was going to do a dang good job at that. So coming from a farming background, I knew right away the importance of hard work, and I watched that translate into into my dad's coaching career, and so I kind of fell in love with it quickly. I'd say so, and yeah, you uh, you put that same amount of the same amount of rigor into uh, cleaning up the water, whatever it was, as well as into your coaching. I'll bet as well. You went on to play in college. Fortunately, injury cut your career short there, but you event you jumped right on to the coaching ballot, the coaching racket, starting at University of Northwestern, St. Paul, Minnesota. You went from there to Bethel University, to Waldorf College. I mean, you, you coached at a ton of places. Let me ask you, do you have a favorite memory from coaching at the college level? Well, you know, that's, a, that's probably a loaded question, and I, and I actually do need to – make a correction there. So I did not play college basketball. I had the opportunity to do that um, and just had kind of some knee and hip stuff. Um, more so hip stuff we thought was going to get worse from a, from a childhood thing with an infection. And, uh, and then I did some stuff to my MCL meniscus my senior year in high school. So I had the opportunity to play. I didn't know if my body was going to hold up. And so just had like a really unique experience um, at Northwestern with a high school teammate. We're actually just talking about this today uh, with a, with one of my buddies who's a division one head coach and saying that I'm sitting in my, in my dorm room thinking, Hey, I don't think I'm going to play. And I don't know where that had, had come from. And my high school buddy stepped into my dorm room a couple hours later and said, Hey, coach wants to talk to you tomorrow morning. And, and he basically said, hey, I was up at your alma mater talking to your high school coach, Greg Preston, who's a, a mentor of mine. And he said, hey, there's a kid down there that should be coaching. He just doesn't know it yet, which was funny because I hadn't said anything to Coach Preston or anything like that. And and so he said, we've never had a student assistant before, but we'd like to give it a shot. Are you are you OK with that? And so ultimately, you know, I had a lot of we had a lot of great wins. I mean, we we beat one of the top teams in the country on a buzzer beater. We did a lot of that stuff. but ultimately my start uh and in getting into college coaching and all the things that have kind of fallen into place through the years I think those are some of my fondest memories where you look back and I mean to not to go on too much of a tangent but I got my my last college job at Minnesota State Moorhead um, because I knew the North Dakota State coaching staff and um the year before I got it we were in Vegas um for an AAU tournament and my buddies just happened to be in Vegas that weekend I'm like okay we're gonna get into trouble this is gonna be crazy and we went to go into a nightclub and I had Sperry's on <laughs> and, the, and the bouncer said no way dude you gotta go <laughs> and so I didn't want to screw it up for my buddies so I said you guys go in find me when you're done and I walked across the street I don't gamble I once put $20 in a machine I got down to like a buck 75 I won my $20 back I cashed out and was like heck yeah that was exciting enough for me <laughs> And so I go over to the, this casino and here's the coaching staff at North Dakota State sitting there. And I start talking with them and 
the next year, one of those guys is at Minnesota State Moorhead, and he calls me and says, hey, we have an opening. Are you interested? And I joke with people that I got that Division II job because I wore Sperry's in Vegas. <laughs> no, that's so, that's so interesting how um, different things just kind of align. You know what I mean? Uh, it just goes into place, and that's a really interesting story. Let's go back to your early coaching days. So you were essentially a peer with the players that you coached yes. uh, during that first job. How, how did you kind of balance that? Yeah, well, it was interesting. My first two years uh, at Northwestern, I, I was, I was a guy that was just begging for responsibility and I was willing to work my butt off for free. Um, and actually um, Howard Moore, who's at the university of Wisconsin, who was in a tragic accident this, this summer and his wife passed away and one of his, one of his children. And he, is actually sitting out this year. He's a big mentor in those two years working camps at the University of Wisconsin. And and he was he was telling me, you know, Reed, you need to be in a situation where if your boss is going to give you um, a recommendation that they can say, hey, Reed never told me no. And that needs to be your work ethic. And so <clears throat> although I was with my peers, I didn't really look at it that way. It was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I know what I want to do. And so my mindset changed. And so as I'm at university or at Northwestern, I go over to Bethel, which was oddly enough was a mile and a half down the road. Um, and so I still lived with Northwestern guys. So it was, it was kind of crazy. I'm, I'm coaching at Bethel. I'm, I'm taking classes at Bethel, but when I would leave, I could go escape to my roommates that didn't go to school there. And so I was, it was really kind of a perfect setup that way so I could I could be the coach I could have friends at Bethel like a normal college student but I could also get away and didn't feel like oh shoot this is my buddy but he's also our point guard and we just had a coach's <laughs> meeting and coach just right. like cussed him out because he's playing terribly sure so I, I was fortunate that way nice and so then early on um, what role do you play in recruiting other players especially early in <clears throat> your coaching career yeah. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't do much. I didn't do anything the first two years off campus. You know, I would assist with anytime we had somebody on campus. And then when I went to Bethel, um, it, it's funny because again, I had this conversation this morning. We found out after I left, it's a whole new coaching staff now, but I think we broke a ton of NCAA rules because I don't think I was ever supposed to be able to go out as a student assistant, go recruit. And I was out three to four nights a week. I mean, I remember standing at a gym and an assistant coach at a school in Wisconsin was like, Hey, how's everything going? We're talking. He's like, so you married, you got any kids? And I'm like, I'm 20. Like <laughs> I have a go, I have a goatee because what 20 year old at that time has a goatee, like no one. But I was like, I have to make myself appear older. Um, and so from a recruiting standpoint, I was heavily involved during my three years at Bethel. It certainly helps. I'm sure if you're, you know, ever chatting with parents at all, they, uh, you get a little, a little more relaxed talking to a guy with a goatee versus, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the 20 year old so, baby face, so to speak. Um, yeah. so, you know, we, we mentioned all the, all those colleges you worked at, you were on the college coaching circuit for several years. Now you're at catalyst training in Minnesota, but before that, you were actually you moved out to New York City and you teamed up with a uh, very famous trainer, DJ Sackman, um, and started running a ton of clinics and camps out there. Uh, what made you make that jump from college coach to full on full time trainer? 
Uh, yeah, you know, similar to my Sperry's in Vegas story, um, I think every job that I've gotten um, has just kind of fallen into my lap. Um, I, I'm, I was a finalist uh, at a Division three school in New York City, which would have made me one of the youngest head coaches in the country. And to this day, I have no idea how I made the final two. I had an interview and went through that, didn't get it. They gave it to a guy who was from the area. And I'm like, you know what, as I'm, as I'm looking for these jobs, I, I need to, I, I, you know, I need to make some money. You know, my family had just moved away. My wife's working in reality TV, which is not a job that you have in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. <laughs> it's a New York city or LA thing. So I had made the decision to take a leap of faith and, and go to where my soon to be wife was. And, and I'm working at a gym and I'm training kids and, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking, Hey, this is going to be really easy. You know, my dad's been a high school coach. I've been in the gym since I've you know, every day since third grade. And I started to fall in love with learning because I, I realized I didn't know as much as I thought. Similar to the Sperry story, I think it was a Sunday and I skipped church to, to go do some work. So we needed the money. And a, and a guy called me and said, Hey, Reed, uh, I drank a little bit too much last night and I don't feel very good. Can you cover my shift? I said, well, I don't really want to, but sure, I need the money. And so we had two gyms at this facility on Long Island and I walked in the back because they didn't really need me. And there was a guy running camp. I'm like, hey, that's DJ Sackman. And so I walked right up to him. I'm like, hey, listen, I would love to you know, help you out if you run any camps here. I'm a former college coach. I literally had my Minnesota State Moorhead business card that I gave him. I didn't have anything. He's like, hey, I just moved back from Los Angeles. And, you know, fast forward um, a couple months, I'm, he's like, I'm, I'm moving to New Jersey. <laughs> I'm working for him. We're flying to uh, Atlanta to train Damari Carroll, who had just signed a $60 million contract with the Toronto Raptors. And mm -hmm. things just kind of exploded. And so I got a D2 job because I wore Sperry's in Vegas. And, and I'm now training because some guy who I actually can't even remember who it was got was hung over on a Sunday. That's literally <laughs> why I'm doing what I'm doing because that allowed me to meet DJ and, and really allowed my career to take off. Similar to I'm sure what you tell your players, always be ready. Uh, you never yeah. know when coach is going to call your number there. So what, um, what really urged you to go out on your own after working with DJ for those, those two, two and a half mm -hmm. years? Yeah. So, you know, I've always been, more so independent. Um, and one of the things that I, that I struggled with as a college coach, my dad would always point out, say, you know, you, you seem to always kind of butt heads with other assistants that you work with. And it wasn't that I didn't like them, but I worked really hard and was just like, in, like just motivated and intrinsically. So when I would go do something, hey, I was here till 3 a.m. last night by myself figuring this out. I think we should do it this way. And they'd be like, nah, let's not do it. And it would just drive me nuts. I'm like, I don't need the credit. I just, this is how I'm motivated. This is how I work. And so my best friend who's a, who I'd coached with and is still a division three um, coach out here in Minnesota, we had thrown around the ideas. Hey, why don't, why don't you come back to Minnesota? It'll be an opportunity for us to like kick it for a week and we can run camps and do all that. So we had just kind of pitched that idea around. And in that time I happened to meet DJ and, and then started setting some stuff up at my alma mater and 
next thing you know, it's like people in Minnesota, it was right when Instagram videos came out. So you had, it's like, how much content can you cram into 15 seconds? <laughs> um, and, and those videos keep popping up now on my, you know, timeline for memories. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> um, why did I post this? But it, it was, it was like the cool thing then. Um, and so coaches just started calling me. It was like word of mouth. And then the next thing, you know, I got hit up by Jared Bergren who played at university of Wisconsin was playing overseas, playing in the NBA summer league. Um, he's like, Hey, can you work me out? And then Nate Walters, who's a second round draft pick for the Milwaukee bucks hit me up and, Anthony Tucker wins an MVP in China. And now Cole Aldrich is coming. Now you fast forward. It's like, okay. I'm talking to my wife, like I'm getting coaches calling me saying, Hey, can you come two days early and run another camp? And we're getting 70 kids at the camp. So it's like, okay, um, we might need to seriously consider this. So really kind of right place at the right time with social media and kind of my following from Minnesota, just, allowed me next thing you know I was coming back for three weeks at a time and I'm like why don't we just go on on your own because I was motivated enough to do it nice I always like hearing about uh, people with that entrepreneurial spirit is that something you'd always had you know you kind of like to run your own thing and you know it, a lot of times that people don't have that level of confidence in themselves to take that leap see you know I, I, I laugh when you say that because absolutely not I never in my wildest, I was going to be a college head coach. I was going to do that. I was going to eat dirt for as long as I needed to until I proved that I would work hard and that I'd worked hard enough that I deserved something. And so that was always my mindset. I never really thought outside of the box. It was like, okay, what are the people around me doing? Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to do it better. And I never had the idea of like, hey, how do I how do I take this and make it my own? And then working with, with DJ, I, I would compare DJ and I, and I mean this to compliment him. He's like Steve jobs where from my understanding, Steve jobs was like, yo, this is the idea. Now just figure out how to do it. And so we always seem to have, I remember one time I do some website stuff and we had like four websites that were like 70% done. And DJ was like, why don't we ever finish one of these? And I'm like, cause I get 70% done and you get a better idea. And right, so, right. Like, and, and so it was, it was like, okay, hold up. Like, this is awesome. But it, we gotta, we gotta get stopped. We gotta finish something and then come with the next one. But that really started like he'd throw ideas and I was just listening and observing because again, I worked for him. I had that college coach mentality and then it transitioned to, Hey, I'm coming up with my own ideas. And now pretty soon I'm saying, Hey DJ, I know this, this area better than you. And that's not going to work. This is how mm -hmm. we do it. And then we'd have some success with it. And it was like, Hey, I, that's where my confidence came from. Cause it was like, I think, I think I have the ability to figure this out. Now you talked about, you know, how you, you built up this client base was, did you have a certain specialty that certain clients were looking for that, that you kind of go to, that you had the, a level of expertise in a, a certain area that differentiated you from other coaches? Yeah. You know, the thing that I focus on that I, that I think is my strength is, is talking about footwork and timing. And, and really when you talk about social media and I keep going back to Instagram because that's where a large amount of my following came from. 
it was, you know, basketball training, like, wasn't the thing, right? You kind of have these guys that were just doing it, and it wasn't, like, a huge popular thing. But then it's, like, these phones kept coming out with better cameras. Now anybody and everybody with a phone can take a video and post it and say, hey, I'm a basketball trainer. And so I really was fortunate that I, I built – I built my following because I was able to put together clips that provided some value. You know, I joke about them being terrible, but you could see something. I was like, Oh, he's teaching something. I might be able to learn something from this 15 second clip. And so I, I was really focused on making sure that the stuff that I put out um, to the public, that there was, you had the ability to learn from it. It wasn't just garbage. And so I think as, as people, you know, as any new trend comes out, you kind of got to weave your way through it and figure out what, what looks good, what doesn't look good. And I think I kind of had the upper hand that way because I was putting stuff out that was kind of like, oh, this, this guy's good. He, he's teaching something. There's and ultimately just providing value. And so that's where I think I was able to get the upper hand because people were like, oh, he's, he's providing value. And then ultimately having the seven years of college coaching experience and then a picture of Damari Carroll and then a couple <laughs> pro guys in Minnesota. And it was like, boom, you're validated. Yeah. That's uh, never, never goes against your, uh, against your credit there for sure to have a pro guy uh, right there on your, on your ballot there. Um, yeah. So you, you say you're a, a footwork specialist. Can we try audibly here to describe maybe some of your favorite drills to improve your footwork? <clears throat> yeah. So ultimately for me, I'm focused primarily on, on just like motor skills and foot control. And so we can get super in-depth. Like, th for example, this morning we were focusing on starts. So I said, listen, if, if you have the ball and you're dribbling it and you have a defender that's giving you some space, right, you could take balls in your right hand. You could keep your left foot down and push because you can push forward because you have space. But what happens when – you don't have space and that guy's attached at your hip. You can't step forward. So now we're maybe going to step back with our left foot to provide that, to get to that split stance so we can have some leverage. And we just talk about situations and, and really a lot of common sense stuff like, okay, listen, you're not a, your stance is too skinny. You're not able to, to get around guys um, and, and talking through that. Um, and I mentioned Jared Bergen before who played professionally. He now works works with me and does a great job one of the one of the things with him from a foot control standpoint you know when I started working with him I stereotyped him like okay 610 611 big white guy who plays at Wisconsin he's <laughs> gonna be not very athletic he's gonna be able to shoot the three and he's probably got great feet and I was spot on on everything except he didn't have very good feet. <laughs> and so we're, we're filming some of this stuff. I'm, I'm going home to make videos. I'm like, dang, he is traveling every time we put him in a situation that he's uncomfortable with. And so ultimately when you, you break it down, we call it skill development. But I don't think a lot of coaches treat it as skill development. They treat it as situational development. Like the skill is foot control, right? The situation mm -hmm. that he's going to be in is probably around the basket. But if I want to increase the skill, do I really need to be around the basket all the time? And mm -hmm. so we took him away from the basket. I said, Jared, I need you to trust me. We're going to take you to 45, 50 feet. You're never going to be in this situation. You're not a point guard. 
but we gave him specifics. All right, and you just stop right, left, and exchange behind your back, and then you split your feet, and one dribble between the legs. And we did all these things to force him to control his feet. And so once he did that, he's like, hey, I, I feel like I'm getting pretty good at this. We brought him back down to the block where he was going to be in a game situation. And we realized that he's not traveling as much. He's better control of his feet. And so that's where the footwork stuff comes in for me. It's like, we got to figure out what the end goal is here. We got to get control of your feet. Then, then we can do that a variety of different ways. Len, let me ask you, obviously at Hustle, we're, we're big into the use of technology in sports training. Um, let me ask you, do you utilize any technology in your training today? And do you have any thoughts on maybe where the future of technology in sports training is going? You know, I think that there's the, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, I just had a conversation with a guy yesterday on the phone and just talking about different, you know, different ways to, you know, increase muscle memory and all this stuff. And, and with the technology that, and the testing we're able to do right now, I think it's, it's incredible. Me personally, um, I work with a company called Burner Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they had, I have an online training program through there. So I, I find it pretty cool that I have the ability to work with kids all over the world. Um, I would get kids that would send me a message on Instagram and say, Hey coach, can I work with you? And I said, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd love to work with you. Where are you from? They're like Zimbabwe. I'm like, I can't freaking work with you, dude. You live in Zimbabwe, <laughs> but I have an online training program for you. And so now, you know, with the use of technology that way, the ability to, to get in front of kids, um, you know, for, you know, super cheap and just kind of leave, you know, uh, my footprint that way. And then, you know, from all the, from the other stuff out there, you know, working with a ton, you know, talking with companies of um, being able to use technology stuff um, for competition, like, Hey, you know, where are your, where are your goals, your vertical jump, your 40 yard dash, all these things. And, you know, where are you for your age group on average and all the different software that goes into this, that, it's it's no longer you're just like in this basement gym trying to lift weights um and oh i hope i get stronger it's like no we can we can test and actually show you where you're getting stronger so the use of the use of technology i think is a huge help um in my field 100% no doubt especially when you uh you started in technology well not started but uh, really got that leap off the ground once you moved back to Minnesota with technology and all the Instagram videos there. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah, making your footprint worldwide. You heard it here first with Coach O.C. Uh, we're talking to Coach Reed O.C. of Catalyst Training. You can find him on Instagram at Coach O.C. That's O-U-S-C. And on Twitter at Reed O.C. O-U-S-C. Now, Coach, I got to ask you, I saw on Twitter you had a big announcement. Was the big announcement coming on Hustle With Us or can we get a little sneak peek? <laughs> yeah, so what I'm doing is we're releasing um a coach's portal um through basketballcatalyst.com and so about a year ago came up with the idea you know hey we're doing these these breakdowns of of nba and college and high school players and and talking through the detailed footwork stuff and not only how you do it but why you would do it started calling it the film room and you know that was a place where i did a ton of learning as a college coach it's like film doesn't lie so started the film room really as an Instagram and, and Twitter, you know, kind of platform. And it really took off. I mean, there, I post a, I'll post a video of 
Jake Lehman of the Timberwolves. And the next thing you know, it's like, you got to look at the analytics. Like you got 1200 followers based, you know, just from that post. And I'm like, Holy smokes. Like these breakdowns, these breakdowns are awesome. Like the people are loving it. We're getting a lot of engagement. And then on top of that, what I, what I started to realize is I'm putting stuff out here for coaches or seeing coaches use Twitter primarily to bounce ideas off. And Hey, this is a great drill. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, no offense, but that's, that's mediocre. Or like we could do so much more with that. Um, and so what I'm doing with this platform is we're releasing this. It's going to be a free platform. Um, I've partnered up with coaches, um, trainers, athletic performance specialists to provide um, free content um, videos. We got a guest blog. So we have the film room, but the guest blog is called the guest room um, where we have coaches all over the world that are just going to provide insights um, on different topics. We're talking through practice planning. We're going to have a section for, for youth players and youth coaches that way. And so ultimately just trying to create um, a hub of information where we can bring coaches together. There's a forum on there where they can talk and discuss things because I think with the technology that's available to us, like we need to make sure that we're bringing, we're putting quality stuff out there. So I'm trying to use my network of quality coaches to team up and do that. So I'm really excited to get that. No doubt. No doubt. We're excited to see it further using technology uh, to advance the sports training world. That's for sure. We'd love to see it. Coach, really appreciate your time here tonight. Before we let you go, uh, we got to get into something we do with all of our guests. It's a little rapid fire round. Uh, we're just going to yep. throw some questions at you. You, uh, you throw them right back at us. First thing that comes to mind. Real quick, how does that sound? Perfect. All Give right. it a whirl. Well, we'll start off real easy, Coach. Uh, favorite sports movie of all time? Favorite sports movie? I, don't, I, I kind of got to go with Hoosiers. Oh, I think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, classic. Like, I think I got. I mean, I think I have to. Or and my fault. Angels in the outfield. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I grew up on that thing, man. Oh, that's a good one. Nice. All right, cool. So I, I've got another question. You know, we find that a lot of coaches um, have favorite quotes um, that they use with their players all the time. What's your favorite quote? Um, my favorite quote. Um. For for coaches, I would say um, it's players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. Um, and with players, I actually used it the other day, and, and I love it. I said, "Listen, you can." There's a lot of different ways to do things. Um, you could cut a tree down with an axe, but it's a lot it goes a lot faster if you have a chainsaw. And so <laughs> we want to be efficient. We need to look for chainsaws. So with the technology, is you know we have video of everything and, and everything comes out and we argue which way is better. It's like, can we just admit that there's a lot of ways to do something? Let's just try to find the most efficient way. Let's find the chainsaw. Find the, I like that. Find the chain. I feel like that's a hashtag out there somewhere. Find that chainsaw. Find the, find the chainsaw. We'll get like Texas chainsaw massacre. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll rethink it then maybe we'll we'll take another look (laughs) at that one. Um, okay. Uh, best music to warm up to before a big game. Ah, it depends on the mood. See, I'm a guy that like this, this morning on my, you know, on the way to workout, um, I could, I could have Christian music playing. 
I could, there's, yes, the other morning I had like an old Lincoln Park live. I mean, I put, I say, Siri, put my music on shuffle and we go. So um, I, I'm kind of all over the place. I could do hip hop. I could do heavy metal. I could do John Mayer. Awesome. All good choices. They all work. Um, and another one that I love to hear, what's your favorite basketball shoe? My favorite basketball shoe? Um, probably, you know, I'm an Adidas guy. Um, so, you know, I've, I've loved some of the hardened shoes, but right now I, I think the, the Pro Bounce, the new Adidas Pro Bounce would have to be my favorite shoe. Got it. Haven't heard that one before yet. Well, yeah, coach, probably have. A lot of Jordan fans out there. Oh, yeah. But the... <laughs> if I was a Jordan, I'd, I'd go 12s. Coach, uh, again, I really appreciate your time here tonight. Really think you uh, gave out a lot of great analysis, a lot of great tidbits for our young athletes out there. This is Coach Reed O.C. Again, at Coach O.C., O-U-S-C on Instagram and at Reed O.C. on Twitter. Keep an eye out for that Coach's Portal. And hey, Coach, appreciate it one more time. You have a great night and hopefully we'll check in with you sometime down the line. Awesome. Thanks for having me.